Hi, mate. I hope you're doing really well. I wanted to let you know, in case you weren't following along last month, I launched my first ever vows writing workshop, which I did live with a group of very excited and brave engaged people. And we talked about all the different ways to pull together their vows, some industry tricks and prompts to help them really fine tune what they wanted to say and how they wanted to say it. We spent an hour because we had some Q&A at the end and they were able to ask their specific questions because we did it live. But we really dug deep on what makes them tick and how they really want to express themselves to their future spouse, husband or wife. I think some were surprised and how open their vows could be because there really are no limitations. As long as you've covered off, you know, if it's a legal ceremony you wanted, you want to become a married couple at the end of it, you obviously need to abide by your local government as to what makes a ceremony legal, totally. But over and above that, we can convey ourselves any way we feel comfortable, any way that lights us up. And because there are so many different approaches to that, I think a lot of people find it overwhelming and a little bit scary and like it's going to take forever to get those emotions, those memories, the affection you have for each other and all the times that things have gone right and some of the times that things have gone wrong, which are absolute gold for wedding vows. And so we dug deep and we shared openly, which was a testament to the people who showed up and took part in the workshop. And they walked away just feeling really heard, understood and empowered, which is, of course, what wedding vows are meant to be doing. So anyway, I did this live workshop last month. And the good news for you is that the attendees loved it and I loved it so much that I think I want to do it again, that I want to schedule another live workshop where I can one to a few chat with you about your wedding and your personal vows how you want to say them, if you want to say them. And that was another part that we discussed was whether or not it was right for these particular attendees of the workshop to say, as in verbalize their vows, or whether there's another way that they could communicate them while still respecting the people who are attending the ceremony and not um, shortchanging them or making them feel slighted in a way. And that's the beauty, I think, of having this workshop live is me being able to Get down to specifics of who you are, of how you want to say things or not, and how we can go about making that as comfortable and natural as possible for you. It doesn't have to be a massive production. It really doesn't. And sometimes simplifying not only how you're going to deliver your vows, but what's in them is key to making this a joy (laughs) and making it something that you want to look back on in the years to come. So during your anniversary, you know, during those times where you're just going, Also, how amazing was our wedding ceremony? And those moments when you relive everything that you did, everything that you said, I think that that is sometimes when the true value of unique vows comes out. So I feel like I've gotten off topic, but I did this live vows workshop and I recorded it as well for you to access it at any time on demand. It's now available for you. So if you want to go in your own good time and work through the ebook, which is like a workbook for you, You know, it gives you prompts, sentence starters, it gives you ideas and options and different solutions, especially if you're a very emotional person and if you're a bit of a crier, and that's okay because I'm a bit of a crier too. So the ebook has got all that in it, and then the workshop goes hand in hand with that. If your ceremony is very close and you've left writing your vows until the last minute, 
you can wrap it up in about 20 minutes. And yeah, you can purchase that anytime. It is on demand. So if you go to unbridely.com forward slash shop, you'll be able to see the recording of the workshop and you'll be able to see the workbook there. But here's the kicker. If you buy the workshop for $27, that's Australian, you get the ebook for free. Because I think it's so important to write these things down, write them down in the right order and give your mind a chance to percolate on your ideas and transfer them to your final copy, which is what the ebook encourages you to do, which, as I said, is available on demand for you to watch and listen through whenever you've got the time, because I know you're very busy too. So that's available there for you. But if you've got specific questions for me and you want to work through your vows together, I'd be stoked to work with you on your wedding vows. And when I say work, I mean, we're not just sitting down in suits and ties, smashing through it on a whiteboard. There's no need for that. It's a lot of intuitiveness, a lot of feeling, and a lot of my experience that comes into helping you to sort out your blocks and expressing what you want to, how you want to. So if you would like to do that, and if you're excited for the next live vows workshop that is yet to be scheduled, you can DM me at Umbridely and I'll let you know exactly when that's teed up. I'll try to set a time to make it as accessible as possible to everyone worldwide because I know that I'm not just chatting with my Aussies in my backyard. I'm chatting with people all around the world. And hello, and thank you for listening. Today is about vendor meals. It sounds weird, right? If you've heard about it before, you go, yeah, right, vendor meals, let's chat about them. But if you haven't heard about it before, you're going, why do I care what my photographer eats on my wedding day? I'm responsible for my own meals when I'm at work. Why can't my DJ bring a sandwich? So in this episode, I'm going to share with you why you should maybe not only care if they eat, but what they eat, where they eat, and crucially, for your already jam-packed timeline, when they eat too, plus a few recommended solutions and what I consider best practice when it comes to vendor meals. Grab a snack and buckle up. Let's get into it. Unbridely is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. So if you're a human being and if you've ever skipped a meal, had to work through a break or been on a long distance road trip without a servo in sight, you've also been hangry. It's not pretty. I don't want to make excuses for anyone, but it slows you down physically, mentally, and emotionally, right? You're making bad decisions. You're putting suspect purchases in your online shopping cart. You're yelling at your friends about your opinion on pretty much anything, and your mood is flat. You feel deflated, sometimes sad, and more easily overwhelmed, yes? Now imagine having one of your key wedding vendors feeling that way at your wedding. Let's start with what are vendor meals. So they're the meals, generally dinner, but it can be at other meals during the day as well, that you provide to the hardworking professionals who make your wedding day come together. Most often, we're talking about your photographer, videographer, wedding planner, wedding coordinator, 
DJ, perhaps MC, caterer, and those amazing people who put their skills to work to create a magical experience for you and your fiancé and your guests. It's about giving them the fuel they need to keep going strong and to create and capture those precious moments, keep your timeline on track, or pump up your dance floor. So here's the thing. Vendor meals are usually separate from the meals you serve your guests. In a plated meal dinner situation, they are commonly a main course size dish that is served at a specific time, which we'll go into more in a moment, and frequently in a different location to where your guests are seated, but not always. More on that shortly. So while your guests may be enjoying, let's say for example, an antipasto platter, hors d'oeuvres or canapes, followed by an entree, and my American friends, we're talking appetizer, followed by a main course, or for the people in the US, I mean entree, and then dessert and or cake, the vendor meals are usually just an adaptation of the main course dish. And this is why at many venues, vendor meals are charged at a greatly reduced rate compared to your guests' meals. So who's taking care of this? I hear you ask. Um, surprise, it's you. The responsibility for arranging these vendor meals usually falls on the engaged couple or their wedding planner. It's a gesture of your gratitude, recognizing the effort and expertise these professionals bring to the table. By providing vendor meals, you're not only showing your appreciation, but also ensuring a positive working environment, leading to top-notch service and a more enjoyable experience for everyone involved. And as I said before, do you really want a hangry videographer? taking footage of your double chin. No, it's not a threat. But when you think about it, it's a little give and take and a way of respecting them, their work and their commitment to creating your ideal day. In most cases, the wedding vendors who are with you for most of your wedding day will be working from when you're getting ready in the morning until you walk out of your reception late at night. It's an extremely long, physical, emotional and mentally exhausting but exhilarating workday for them. And wedding suppliers often work to tight timelines and are under extreme pressure as well. The subject of wedding vendor meals has become an increasingly hot topic in the wedding industry because providing a vendor meal also contributes to a sense of teamwork, hospitality and reciprocity, which encourages your vendors to perform at high levels for longer and care about your needs in a deeper way. A respectful, and sometimes contractual way to show your appreciation for all their hard work is to offer a special vendor meal for them. While you're obviously paying for their services, it becomes a topic of practicality and efficiency too when you consider that your photographer, videographer, DJ, band leader, MC, they'll all need to eat at some point during your wedding day. And it's quicker for them to eat a decent meal on site so they can get back to making your celebration amazing rather than needing to leave your wedding venue to get something to fuel them. And you really don't want each of them bringing in an individual esky or cooler into your venue with their dinner and drinks inside. One of the best ways to support their efforts is by making sure they're fed. There's nothing better than a warm, delicious meal on a hectic wedding day to re-energize a wedding vendor to continue making magic for the rest of the night. The specifics of vendor meals can vary. Some couples opt for buffet style or plated dinners, while others may go for packed, almost picnic style boxes. 
So it depends on the formality, location, and timing of your wedding as to what might be appropriate. So the next question that many couples ask is, where do vendors eat these meals and do I have to add them to my seating chart? Here in Australia, most vendor meals would be served in a different space or room away from your guests, which makes sense because your DJ, for example, probably wants to get off their feet, go somewhere a little quieter, enjoy a meal and some downtime without needing to make small talk or field questions or take song requests before hyping up your reception for the rest of the night. But I've only recently learned that culturally, and thank you to Tony from Wilson Lewis Photography and Luke from Luke John Photography for wording me up on this custom, in Greek and Italian circles, and possibly others, please DM me, let me know, it's considered not hospitable or being a good host to make the vendors sit separate from your guests to have dinner. Generally, it's expected that everyone involved in the wedding would all be together in the one space. Some Australian heritage couples also want their vendors to feel more a part of the day and seat their vendors at the guest tables. So it's not completely out of the ordinary, but never expected unless it's something you really want to do for them. But then I got into a discussion with Luke and Tony about how much I wouldn't really love that. Because I'm an introvert at heart, I need my space and I need downtime to recharge after extended periods, you know, communicating and interacting with a lot of people. So for me personally, that wouldn't be a break away from my work. Each to their own, of course, but I'd highly recommend that you chat with your vendors well ahead of time about their needs and expectations around where they're seated for their meals. There are some stories of vendors being sat on the stairs, using milk crates for tables and trying to eat with no cutlery, which kind of defies the purpose. So it's good to work that stuff out in advance. And this, again, is when a great planner and or coordinator, if you can fit it in your budget, are worth their weight in gold because they're arranging this, they're planning this, and they're making sure that this actually happens on the night. Let's face facts. You've always been the planner and the organizer, and your fiance's eyes glaze over a little when you start talking about the details of your wedding day. But you really need someone to share this all with, to bounce ideas off, and someone who's not going to ruin the surprises, but also be supportive and maybe even offer a different perspective. So when you're needing to get a second opinion about your bridesmaid, your in-laws, or your first dance song. Unbridly Couples is your safe space. Unbridly hosts a private Facebook community where modern engaged couples can share ideas, chat, and solve problems, and generally just get freaking excited about their wedding. We also have a curated list of experienced wedding vendor professionals in there to offer suggestions and tips insight into how to get the most out of your big day, but with no unsolicited DMs or pushy sales tactics. It's just not what Unbridly is about. So you can search for the Unbridly Couples Group on Facebook or just click on the link in the show notes. I'll see you in there. And then the next big question that engaged couples ask is when do wedding vendors usually eat their meals? 
So the timing of these meals is crucial as well. You want to make sure that your vendors can replenish and refuel without disrupting the flow of your wedding day. Luke says, and I believe this to be possibly best practice for when to serve vendor meals, he believes that the best time is at the start of or during the meal service. So think about photographers and videographers, for example. They don't want to take photos of you shoving food in your face, of laughing with your mouth full. It's a great opportunity for your vendors to be able to, for example, the DJ is putting on some dinner music, usually something in the background. It's not when the dance floor's pumping because you want everyone at their tables. They've put on some dinner music. Your MC is not needed at that stage because everyone is eating. The planner or coordinator is quite possibly at their busiest at that time. They're running around trying to ensure that everyone has got their meals, that dietary provisions have been accounted for, have been delivered to the right people. So not a perfect time for them. But then who else? Then you've got your maybe photo booth attendant. They're not needed at that stage. Everyone's sitting down eating. Your photographer's not taking photos. Videographer's not taking video. Because generally what happens with timing is the couple who have just gotten married, they get served first, wedding party, immediate family, and then all the guests. And then after that, the vendors get served. Unfortunately, once the vendors get served, it can be 15, 20 minutes after the start of service. And this can mean that the clearing has already commenced. And in another five minutes or so, speeches and or first dance and or cake cutting, whatever the formalities are on your timeline, they'll be up next. And this means for the likes of your DJ, MC, photographer, videographer, that they will need to be up to be ready. And that means that they also won't get to eat. So as you can imagine, the earlier in the food service that your vendors can sit down and have a meal, the more likely they'll get to eat it, the more likely it'll be hot, and the less likely it'll be that they disrupt your timeline flow or hold anything up while they're just trying to, you know, chow down on something. The alternative strategy is to allow time for the photographer, videographer, DJ to eat at the end of service. And this seems to be the preference for many caterers. But often this time isn't accounted for in the timeline and it's not remembered to add 15, 20 minutes in there. And commonly there isn't 15 or 20 minutes space in a wedding timeline. It's bang, bang, bang. As you're enjoying your delectable main course, it's highly unlikely that you'll want professional photos of you chowing down. This makes it an excellent opportunity for your vendor team to be fed too, because you can also bet straight after you've eaten that other formalities will be scheduled that you want to have captured. If it's at all possible, arranging the order of food service so it's yourselves, the people who've just gotten married, your wedding party, and your immediate families, you want your food first, followed immediately by your wedding vendors, before the majority of your wedding guests. It means that everyone who's required for the next tradition, custom, or special surprise is ready to go at the same time. So to wrap it all up, number one, have a look at your vendor's terms and conditions or contracts. Some vendors require a meal and the specifics are in there. Otherwise, it's just a quick question. Do you have any dietary restrictions when it comes to your vendor meal? This shows them that you understand that they want and need to be fed and that you're making arrangements for that. 
Number two, ask your vendor before adding them to the seating plan, but please make arrangements for your vendors to be seated somewhere. And number three, have a good think about when it would be best for your vendors to have their meal and work it into your timeline. As I mentioned, having them eat when you eat will ensure that you don't have to sacrifice any downtime before speeches, your first dance, or cutting your cake and the like. All in all, wedding vendor meals are an essential part of a well-planned wedding. They ensure that the talented professionals behind the scenes are well taken care of so they can bring their A-game and make your dream wedding a reality. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Umbradley podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.